Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Well, hello. It's been a hot month. Yeah, <laughs> hot, minute. A hot, hot second? Hot minute, it's hot been second. longer than that. It's hot uh... while. We took a little break because Rachel just left the damn country. Yep. And, and Hannah had to start celebrating birthday month, so <laughs> we we took a summer hiatus. Um, and that was cool. So you went and climbed a few mountains. A few. And I made did. friends with some chunky llamas. Really chunky, awesome llamas, yes. And officially now feel like a real mountaineer? I do. I feel uh, accomplished and humbled. I, I Tell the good people of the world where you went. Oh. All right. So I went to Ecuador to uh, mostly we were in this region just south of Quito. Um, so most people know Cotopaxi from the brand, Jacket. the jackets and the bags. <laughs> um, so that company is named after a volcano. the land of jackets. I did. I mean... I, I took my crossbody um, and I was like, oh, is this silly to like Ecuadorians when everyone, all the tourists show up in like Cotopaxi clothes? But I'm going to start a trend. Um, I need to get a bag that says England on it. Right? Exactly. And then you're like, oh, I'm going <laughs> home to England. Should I bring my England bag? Um, but yeah, so uh, we were in this area called like, uh, you know, the land of the volcanoes, Tierra del Volcan. Um, Cotopaxi National Park is down there. So yeah, hanging out. Um around really, really tall volcanoes. They're like all, uh, probably most of them are like over 13,000 feet, between like 13 and 20,000 feet. How did it compare to Whitney? Oh boy, our Whitney trip. I think I we talked about this before, right? That Whitney was supposed to be practice for Ecuador and ended up being far different uh, than anything I thought I would encounter in Ecuador. And that ended up being very true. So um, Mount Whitney had way more snow. Mm-hmm. Um, we were on snowshoes the whole time, whereas in Ecuador, I did not need snowshoes at all. Um, one of the one of the volcanoes was c- covered in snow, I guess, technically, but it's actually covered in a glacier. So um, unlike Mount Whitney, where we were mostly on snowshoes and only very briefly put on crampons, this one was like crampons and ice axes the whole time because we were actually on the glacier. Um, so it was kind of like parts of it were easier than Whitney, but for the most part, the third volcano was like, actually it was, it ended up being way harder than Whitney, but like in, for totally different reasons. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was better acclimated. You ate broccoli. That oh was different. Gosh. Well, we didn't get to eat any broccoli. Uh, on, the bougie on part. That's true. Everyone should know that, um, mountaineering in South America is much bougier in general the mountains are a lot most of the mountains are like higher and it's more technical and stuff like that but they're you stay in like lodges and haciendas and even on like summit night you go to like a refugio on like halfway up and get to sleep on like a bunk bed 
before you like start. So. What I'm taking from this story is that even though she says it was harder, that like Whitney was just definitely like Wait, gnarlier. Right. I mean, Whitney was gnarlier <laughs> in the sense that we went from we were not acclimated, right? We went from sea level to thirteen thousand feet within like three days. In Ecuador, I was above eleven well, above nine thousand feet for a couple of days, then above eleven thousand feet for you know, seven full days before I tried to climb the highest mountain. So, um, yeah, we were actually acclimated. We didn't have that chance uh, for Mount Whitney. So that that was definitely a big difference. And, yes, I got broccoli. You got broccoli halfway up a mountain. Delicious broccoli. The farm that we stayed at had incredible food. So it was also, like, no matter how hard the mountain was, we got to come back to, like, hot showers and real meals and a comfy bed and there were like there five was, star mountain there was even like a spa with a cold plunge oh and my a hot goodness tub. yeah it was what it was, was the most important thing you learned about yourself in that trip um gosh apart from you like llamas that are on the thicker side oh my goodness <laughs> llamas are awesome and the chonky chonky ones are so cool they're yeah yeah um llamas are great um, I don't know. I mean, I learned a bunch of things. I learned that, like, I mean, I guess on some level, I learned, like, what my limits are. Because on our last volcano, um, my rope team, so it was just me and one other woman um, roped up to a guide. So each rope team was, like, three people. And my rope team made it the farthest. Um, and... That was awesome, but it was like really horrible weather, whiteout conditions, and we turned back about 80 meters from the summit, and it was definitely like I was the one that made us turn around. Um, so it was like I actually experienced like, at least in the moment, what I perceived to be my absolute physical and like mental limit. Like I couldn't go any further, and 80 meters doesn't sound like a lot, um, but at that point... I kind of checked in with the guide and I was like, I know 80 meters sounds close, but like, give me a time domain. (laughs) And his answer was like, at least 45 minutes. Which is a lifetime when you're like struggling. And when you're like in like whiteout conditions, weather, all I could see was, you know, the patch of snow in front of my face. And we had to go back down. That's the thing. Right? Like, it's like 80 meters. So well and an good going hour up, but to then the summit. Still and then, down. Exactly. And at that point, we'd been climbing for probably six or seven hours, like um, in whiteout conditions. And we were just absolutely coated and frozen in, in like a crispy ice shell at that point because it had rained and then froze and then snowed. And um, so, yeah, like I was literally coated in ice. <laughs> Um, I was still warm, actually. My layers were great. My equipment was amazing. Um, so I was weirdly comfortable mm-hmm. temperature-wise, but uncomfortable in literally every other sense. <laughs> well, there you go, so, yeah, folks. I, I, I learned my limits. And I also learned I had some scary moments. Like, I fell into a crevasse. So that was a new experience. <laughs> but I also feel like I learned um, when you do these things, like, as hard as they are, you kind of forget the awful bits really quickly. And so then you, you, go s- back. You, s- and you still want to do it again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I could, this kind of thing, like, that's how the human race exists, right? right? Because if people, like, oh, yeah. never forgot about childbirth, oh, yeah. 
they would just never be a thing. Right. And, and uh, right. I mean, that, that is true, right? Like when you give birth, there's some wash of hormones or something that happens. And like you, yeah, you kind of apparently forget the awfulness of giving birth, which is how the species survives. So maybe you just got like washed with birthing hormones post climb. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I guess right there is adrenaline rush. And the like moral of the story, kids, like, do hard things. Do, do hard afterwards, things. Yeah. In the moment, it's going to suck. But afterwards, you'll remember all the good bits. And it'll be amazing. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I that's mean, cool. We keep going back to the gym. Some days, those th- that's hard. <laughs> Most days now, definitely starting to feel the <coughs> the aging process of that, um, which is a bummer. But you know, it happens. I'm still gonna keep going. Yeah, that was actually cool. I was one of we were. Uh, I wasn't the oldest person in the group. Um, I think I was the second oldest person in the group too. So I did feel like I was like, okay, Who, how is- much older were you than the youngest person in the group? Um, you know, that is a good question. I can't remember. I think I think there was one of the women was in her mid to late 20s. Okay. Was probably the youngest. Um, yeah. I feel like that's going to be one of my, like, every year I get older, one of my sort of favorite pastimes will be to, like... <laughs> see if i can still run rings oh, around yeah. 20 year olds like yeah when i'm when i've got my dream home and my big old porch and it's gonna have like the big garage gym or like separate <laughs> building there's a right. gym and i'm gonna have the door rolled up and i'm just gonna sit in there and wait for some like little 20 year old to come cycling past and i'll be like hey kid Come over here. You want to lift off? <laughs> oh my gosh. Like the opposite of get off my lawn. You're going to be like, come into my garage. Not creepy at all. <laughs> Not creepy at all. <laughs> Poor yeah. unsuspecting children. So yeah, yeah, if you see me in your neighborhood when I'm yeah. old granny, just, just like don't cross go, the street. Don't go into the garage, kids. <laughs> um, but it's true, right? Like I, I definitely, I mean, I can't believe I don't remember how young the youngest person was because I feel like I definitely wanted to know that as well, right? I mean, I knew the age my of my friend I was going with. She she um, is about three or four years younger than me um, and well we've both had a recent experience at like CrossFit competitions where we like ask the age of the people on the podium next to us because <laughs> we want to know it's kind of an intriguing thing because like age is something like we can't do anything about it we keep spinning no. around the sun and we keep getting it, older it keeps and, happening um according to british time i'm already 43 you are happy um, birthday thank you uh, we're drinking beer yay um <laughs> and eating asparagus <laughs> i think and i, and I kind of wonder like what it will be like for the people who are in their teens and their 20s now because we were at the back end of it i would say of what you know when i was a teenager and looking at adults who were like 40 plus yeah certainly mid 40s onwards they seem to be like older oh, so old and then if you go back a decade yeah. from when we were teenagers again like much much older yeah. it's like you had your kids and then that was kind of it and that was it and and you're just sort of waiting absolutely. to retire i mean if yeah if you when i was in high school if you were like what do you think you'll be doing when you're 40 i'll be like i don't know i'll be old like that's all i would have thought is just like 40 seemed so far away and I think, you know, that's so like ingrained in my mind that around that number of, you know, 40, you've probably had your kids. Yeah. And, you know, then what? Like, you just kind of get old. And so I hit 40 and I remember turning 40 and kind of being like, oh, 
oh god what's gonna happen this, yeah what's, what's gonna, gonna happen? happen almost like every day you wake up like am i still good can i still do stuff yeah. am i you know what's on my knees down my near knee, my, my ankles and <laughs> the saggy knees did i gain 50 pounds overnight 40. and like what's happening and now like every single year i get into the 40s i'm kind of like oh nothing's oh, really okay. changing that much. i mean the eyelids are drooping a little bit <laughs> things hurt in a way they didn't hurt a few years ago but not I mean, I feel like that's because that's because we're athletes, not necessarily just getting older. But it is intriguing. It is very intriguing about like that narrative you have around, oh, like yeah. oh, I've hit my forties. This is it. Things are gonna go south, and it's like, well, <laughs> the most horrifying kind of uh, factoid that someone shared with me once, not too long ago, actually, was the reminder that uh, the Golden Girls. Right. So like I grew up watching the Golden Girls and, mm-hmm. you know, Sophia's the the grandma. So she's the oldest. And then Blanche and Rose and um, Dorothy. The three of them are like around 50. Like, no way. Yes. So Dorothy, Blanche and Rose are meant to be like in their early 50s. And Sophia, as Dorothy's mom, is like in her 70s. I've never actually seen the show, but I've seen right. the pictures. But like of you've the seen characters. the pictures. They are they all have white, fluffy, sort of, you know, old quote unquote old lady hair. Like they are definitely like I mean, now I look at them and before I was told that, you would have asked me, like, oh, how old are the golden girls? I'd be like, Oh, 60. probably seventy. And then like Sophia's like the spunky ninety year old, right? Uh-huh. Um, in terms of like how I feel like they look, I mean, they don't, when I, you dig into it, they probably don't like, maybe that's an exaggeration, but I never would have guessed 50. Cause like, I mean, we, we coach with someone who is in her early fifties and like, she does not look like one of the golden girls, right? Not like she's all. super fit and like, so it's so, it's fascinating. Right. And you're like, okay, so Dorothy is meant to be the same age as like JLo is right now. Right. Or it's like, so it's, it's yeah. so crazy. So, so our perception crazy. of ages, like in the stereotypes in our heads, are like come from such sort of bizarrely diverse pop culture references, like the Golden Girls. So. But I think like the the highlight of this is for people who are getting close to forties and maybe forties that number where you're like, oh shoot, is that it's kind of exciting waking up every year and being like, well, still got yeah, it. It's I'm still, still good. feeling but, the same. Like sort of thinking about aging and now this time of year. Everyone in the Northern Hemisphere, we are getting into summer. Santa Barbara's finally starting to get the memo that it's like summertime. Last week, it finally <laughs> seemed to kick in, yeah. And so, you know, less clothes, bikinis, wearing the yep. damn shorts at the gym. Yep. And I do have to say that for some unknown reason, I was feeling pretty good. Like, came back from Whitney, obviously lost a little bit of weight. was feeling pretty, like, good about things. And then in the last month, for no like obvious reason i've become insanely self-conscious really yeah like i made myself wear shorts the other day and i was felt disgusting for no good reason whatsoever so that's why i made myself wear them i was like no i am not taking these damn things off because you are fine and this is in your head and you've felt that way for like a month though so it's not just like the time of the month hormones no i hate myself kind of no because i was like checked in with that and i was like no it's been a while and i was like this is really interesting is this associated with like not being super strict with what i eat so i feel like some somehow kind of like 
hmm. lazy or whatever? Is it to do with the thought about getting older and what right. might and be approaching a birthday? That's a that's sagging a or not looking as tight. And sure. even if things are not as tight as they used to be, that's okay too because I've been on Earth for forty three years. Yeah. So you know, gravity. Or hmm. is it, you know, there's, I think there's definitely an element of like when you work as a nutrition coach or like behavioral change coach and your fitness coach and you're dealing with yeah. people who have various different concerns around physical aesthetics and like relationships with food and stuff, like how much of that plays into kind of triggers or whatever. Yeah. I mean, what would you say to yourself or ask yourself if you were your own coach to like get to the bottom of that? Like where, what happened a month ago that kicked that off? Honestly, like I've, I've, it's an interesting exercise when you're like, oh God, I'm having these thoughts. What would I tell somebody else? Yeah. And if you can hear heavy breathing, it is not me. Right. <laughs> having a panic attack. Dory, Dory Doodle about has decided Dory to Doodle join the podcast. decided to join the podcast. Yeah. Have you got any insights for us? No. No. Um, you eat whatever you want and don't think about it. <laughs> you just grow some fluff and then you look right. cute. Right, exactly. And then you can get you your hair cut if, and you look all slim and trim again. If we were all fluffy and it just like you never had to think about bikinis and gym shorts and things like that. I do feel like it's like, I don't know when it happened within the last like few years, people started using the word fluffy to describe right. like feeling a little, little overweight. I heard, literally like, I heard someone extra, use it like, today. Oh, I'm a little fluffy. I was like, when did that start? Was that like, is that, was that a way to like cuten up our, our body issues? <laughs> like, I think it's kind of, you know, in some ways it, it makes it sound like, I, I feel like, like a little bit of fluff. If, if people say like, oh, I feel really fat when you know fine well that you're not fat and you know, ah. you don't want to be offensive to somebody who maybe is like carrying extra weight that you're really not. And what you're experiencing is more Got of a it. feeling than I an actual like fluffy. Okay. body fat percentage issue hmm. okay. but I like I think I do actually kind of like that term and I, I totally get it yeah but that's the weirdest thing right I have not in this last month of feeling like insecure really like felt particularly fluffy mm -hmm. at no point have I just thrown caution to the wind and eaten like fried food and tons of sugar and all the rest of it yeah I mean you don't even really like or crave that stuff so i don't think anyone ever thinks you're even irresponsible hannah is like by all standards pretty i think pretty darn with it with her nutrition but. i think uh it, it has a lot to do i think with just like when i see people i'm around people or i'm working people with people who are dealing with like eating issues yeah that you know, I've mentioned it in the past when somebody told me what I was going through my own eating disorder. Somebody said, once you're an anorexic, you're always an anorexic. And at the time I was like, wow, harsh. But I think that it's true, right? Once you're an alcoholic. Right. There's always It's highly tendencies. unlikely that you're ever going to be able to just casually drink again. Right. And put right. it down. Yeah. Same with anybody who's had any kind of addiction. And I think that there's just like something along those lines of just being exposed to that sort mm -hmm. of wakens up like that dragon inside of me that kind of goes, oh my God. Right. You should be doing something more strict or, you know, severe. Or, But at the same time, where, what I'm happy about is like right now, even though I'm like, oh, when I see myself in the mirror, I'm also like, okay, but 
I'm loving what I can do in the gym right now. Mm-hmm. And if I suddenly start to get super strict and serious and try and live off the 1,000 calories a day that right. I think we those, mentioned yeah. <laughs> about a doctor prescribing one oh, of our mutual goodness. friends. Yes, 1,000 calories a day. 1,000 calories, which is completely careless and reckless and not an adult number. Because the doctor knew she was going to the gym like six days a week too. It's like ridiculous. I don't know if I mentioned this in the podcast. I actually told her that she should now tell her doctor just how much she has been eating, Absolutely. which is considerably more. And be like, hey, by the way, I have been consistently losing weight and consistently increasing my food. And this is a whole lot more than what you told me to do. And I feel great. So thank you. So thanks for nothing. I'm going to get a new doctor. That's the answer. Um, And the good news is that in my situation that I am, I feel like I'm coming out the other side of it now and like, kind of being able to just laugh at that voice and be like shut up like the scene in home alone with the furnace right. where you're like shut yeah, up yeah he like gets over his fear i love that scene because i finally just, defeats yeah. the fear of the furnace because <laughs> i'm just like okay what is more important to me right now? do i really want to go hungry every single day do i really want to obsess over every bite of food and like I found myself, like, Dave was has been asking me for a couple of weeks, like, I want to take you out for dinner on your birthday. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to go? And I even, like, found myself, like, having that slight anxiety of, like, oh, God, if I go out, then I've got to eat restaurant food, and that's, like, really high in fat, and I'm going to have to, like, sit there and nibble at green things and a piece of fish, <laughs> which always seems like a waste of a restaurant trip when you're just going to, like, eat nothing but a small salad. Yeah, um, that's dumb. And then I was like, come on now. And started to just like retrain the brain in the direction of like okay what have we done this year with this disastrous looking body that we think we have right and i'm like okay well we've done the quarterfinals done a mountain climb in pretty extreme conditions Mm -hmm. multiple prs lots of prs lately you've been crushing Um, it and apart from like a slight issue in my right arm shoulder area which is probably just needs a damn good rest and it'll be fine or amputation or you know either or who knows i mean if i get on the scale i'll be lighter if i amputate my arm tbd (laughs) tbd (laughs) i could like join a new division of crossfit when i start the open the (laughs) the upper extremities hannah lost her arm (laughs) oh this one hurts a bit just chop it off chop it off maybe i'll grow another one um that i am now like happy that just like years removed from the trigger of an eating disorder but also all of the knowledge and learning from becoming a nutrition coach and all that stuff yeah that i now can kind of step out of like my own body take the camera view and be like what is actually important to me here and having done like extreme cuts in the name of oh yeah like the podcast in the name of the podcast of course that's the only reason we did that (laughs) you know and feeling so shitty and like Anything I, anytime I picked up any kind of weight, it was just like, it felt like triple the amount and just so drained. And, and I know how much it takes to recover from what I put my body through now, just because, you know, 43 doesn't come easily that to the thought of restricting my caloric intake in a vain attempt to like lose a handful of pounds. Yeah. And I would just feel like trash and would not be able to go and work out in the way that I want to. So I'm like, what's the give and take here? Am I prepared to have a little bit of lumpy thigh in exchange for some PRs? Yes. Yeah. 
I feel like a couple extra pounds of body weight or fluff or whatever you want to call it is totally worth a snatch PR. Yeah. Um, but I want to ask though, I, I'm, I'm fascinated because I've, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll share a little bit about some of the similar things I feel like I've been thinking about as summer approaches, but like I wanted to ask, you said you made yourself wear shorts last week. Mm-hmm. Like what, what is that tactic? Like what, what does wearing the shorts do when you're like in maybe that mindset and you're kind of struggling with that? Like what, why is that like a, a little tool you use? Because it makes me realize that when I walk into the gym, wearing my little shorts that not a single person turned around and went, Oh, right. <laughs> At no point, And maybe they just did it really subtly. I don't know. And if they did good for them, I don't care. Um, right. At no point. You're did a terrible I... person, whoever you are, but <laughs> At cool, no point did I see <laughs> anybody kind of like doing that side. eye, like, Oh geez, yeah. Louise. We were just there to work out. Right. And people were busy enough doing their own thing, working out, that no one cares about whether my thighs and ass cheeks are <laughs> perfectly smooth. <laughs> it's very true. It's shocking. People don't actually and if they think do, about us as much as we think and they And if might. <laughs> they do, then I almost like feel sorry for them that that they're in this place. The gym yeah. should be the best hour of your day and you were distracted by my legs right yeah that is unfortunate if that's what they are focusing on instead of what they're doing and and then awesome you know i go the in there and for sure there were times so i wore shorts again on another day um where there was like a 2000 meter run and they were like short shorts and you know when you got an ass short shorts kind of right right up there your ass and I'm not, tends to eat them i'm not it's gonna true. lie like <laughs> running down a street at like rush hour time with plenty of traffic where you're trying to pull shorts out of places they shouldn't be is awkward so i did try like make a mental note like okay if we're gonna run long distances then the slightly longer shorts are definitely preferred i mean again who cares what the people in rush hour traffic actually think but it's more comfort level right i feel like i don't want to run long distances while my butt is trying to eat my shorts because that's just uncomfortable getting your ass cheeks cheese wired is not fun no it's really not so it's just i wore the wrong shorts that day but you know but like being able to go there i wore the shorts i'm like okay fine from the front kind of from the back but okay we're gonna go and we're gonna do our workout we do our workout Mm -hmm. and no one says anything didn't see any bad comments i had a great workout i performed as expected and i left and i was like yep see just fine i love it just fine and you know it's not you know that's definitely come from years of sort of training and kind of being able to practice having a response rather than a reaction because my reaction would have been put on shorts go ah in the mirror take shorts off put Put on on leggings leggings, go hide yourself under a big (laughs) t-shirt and feel self-conscious anyway um whereas now i can be like ah hang on let's not be silly if i looked around that room i bet you even if i looked at somebody and were like holy cow you have the physique of my dreams everything is perfect i know for a fact that if i went over to this allegedly perfect person and said oh my god you're perfect they'd be like oh thanks but oh, oh i really hate this bit I hate. Yeah. yeah i hate this bit and i hate this bit and this bit's wobbly and this bit and i'd be like what are you talking about yeah and it is the- amazing i mean we are 
We are our own worst enemies. We talk about that a lot. And the stuff we say to ourselves is usually so much more unkind than anyone else would ever say or even probably think about us. Because I also see, you know, like quite often when you see people take pictures while you're in class or whatever at the gym and... And I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to look like? And then I see the picture. And I'm like, that is nowhere near as bad as I imagined. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. We're just. And I used to feel like I had a really tough time being honest about this. When I first became a nutrition coach, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to live by example, lead by example, like never, ever be open and honest about my past or yeah. anything that comes up right now. And then I'm like. Well, that's silly because what do we look for in another human being? Like something that you can relate to. And if you have a coach who's just like some kind of robot who's never had anything, any experiences that you have. Why would you trust that person to like understand what you're going through and what your anxieties are? So all that to say that regardless of, you know, all of the training I've had, all of the hours of coaching I've put in, all of the freaking incredible things my body has done this year, there's still speed wobbles every now and again. Yeah. Especially, you know, coming up to summertime and like we just were at the late camping and it's like bikini weather and I'm like, oh God. And I'm like, just stop it. Yeah. I mean, it is like it, getting this, this trip to the lake was definitely really interesting because I feel like I... I've also been wearing shorts to the gym a little more lately and stuff like that and have been, um, I don't know, It's it's been a an early summer season of feeling like more comfortable in my bathing suits. And it's really interesting because I've been trying to figure out like why that is because I'm, you know, I'm still working with a new coach, with a nutrition coach. So I still have like, I only do check-ins like every couple weeks and I don't weigh myself nearly as much as I did. Um, and I, my pictures like tracking pictures are farther apart and I, yes, there are like some, some pounds have come off the scale. I think some of that is actually like, you know, I've probably lost some like lean mass, um, possibly on the Ecuador trip, like that kind of endurance training, you, you know, your body eats muscle for fuel as well as fat. Um, And then also my training has changed a lot because I'm kind of dealing with a chronic injury that I'm trying to heal. So I'm not like walking as much. I'm not doing as much CrossFit uh, recently. And so, you know, there's like this weird mix of like, I'm a little anxious about stuff, but also I have seen the scale come down and I'm seeing that like kind of corresponding rise in confidence, I guess, Mm -hmm. like the number's gone down. So I'm like, oh. I can wear the shorts now, right? It's like somehow that number buys me permission to be like, I should be more comfortable in shorts. I should be more comfortable in my bathing suit. Um, Even though I I actually just the other day, kind of just out of curiosity, looked at a couple of my progress photos. And I don't think I look that different than two months ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel different. I feel like I want to wear the shorts and I want to wear the bikini and so I'm like, oh, I'm I in a way, maybe like my last month has been like a, a different foil for yours in that, like, I'm not sure exactly why, but I'm feeling more confident mm-hmm. and it's confident. It's, it's not confidence in big lifting numbers because I haven't really done that <laughs> in a while. Um, but I think gym wise, it's confidence that's coming with some like progress in like gymnastics, which I've also always correlated with like 
if I just lose a little more body weight, maybe I can do this or that, like handstand push-ups. I can do muscle-ups, things like that are always tied to weird numbers in my head. Um, but it's been interesting to see, like, so at the lake, I was like, I want to wear a bikini. Like, I'm a little comfortable if that bikini is a little more higher cut because I think my butt looks good right now, <laughs> like stuff like that. Um, and yet I still like when I'm at the lake, like look at literally everybody else's bodies. And I'm like, oh, X, Y or Z looks better than mine. Or I mean, like I mean, we're always comparing ourselves. I don't know how to stop doing that. But that, um, that's the thing, though, when you compare it to somebody else is that even if you were at like the most perfect number on the scale where it gives you like the ultimate confidence boost. Yeah. You would still go to the lake and there would be like four adult female bodies there. Right. Yours included. So three others. Yep. And you would find things that would be like, oh, well, she's got this. Oh, yeah. And she's got this. Our and friend no Jeanette's matter... legs will always be longer than mine. Yeah. So no matter like, what you oh. do. <laughs> You'll never have that feature because it's not yeah. part of your genetic makeup. Yeah. And no matter how much body fat you may lose, like, you know, people think that you just, you lose some weight and then all of these abs are going to pop out. And it's like, well, I know. no. <laughs> Firstly, they have to be worked really hard. Yeah. I'm trying Secondly, to make my abs pop out and I'm realizing, crap, it's like building my leg muscles. And that took me years. <laughs> Secondly, what those abs look like is going to be different for everybody, particularly in females. Right. Not every female is going to get like rippling six pack abs. Yeah. Some have like really distinct kind of lines down the side of the abs, but not so much like yep. separation between like four pack, six pack or whatever. Some women can get four real easy, but to try and get yep. six, they're just not going to pop. That's why, I mean, for many reasons, one of my absolute favorite CrossFit athletes right now is Laura Horvath, right? Like she's, ranked number one in the world especially with the folks who have dropped out of the games this year um she does not have visible abs the way that like almost all the other elite athletes do mm-hmm. like you put her next to tia Toomey, like their torsos couldn't be more different and, yet, and it's she's... like she's like the num you know top contender for the podium this year like yeah it's kind of crazy like when you talk about it and this is kind of fun thing about you know having friends that you trust or having a coach that you can confide in or a podcast where you kind of sit in a room and (laughs) realize that actually many people in the world could listen to this that the stuff that comes up like the thoughts that come into my head they're just they're just thoughts they're just thoughts it's not real yeah and when you talk it out and I was talking to one of my clients about this the other day you know they had had all of like these thoughts around you know Mm -hmm. their routines and behaviors in the last week and as they were kind of telling me about it, they were like, this is ridiculous. And I'm oh, like, yeah. yeah, sometimes you just have to like, and it's okay that we've this done comes that up. in real time on the podcast where we've started telling a story. And then I was like, you know, I'm like, oh, wow, this sounds way worse now that I'm saying it out loud. Like, I can't believe I'm thinking this. Like, we have those moments. It is fascinating what we spin up in our heads. And it's also like, it's normal too. And, you know, it, I, I used to think, you know, every time I kind of had a moment or a period of just being down on myself or being like super self-conscious and super critical, I'd be like, oh my God, it's just me. Everybody else is fine. Everybody else is great. They just are happy in their own skin. And here I am a freak. Right. 
Why and am I like, the one feeling like this? No, no. It is perfectly normal to go through phases. And sometimes there's a really obvious reason. Maybe someone said something shitty. Yeah. Or, you know, you stood on the scale after eating tons of sodium the day before and it gave you that trigger number that goes, eh, 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 mm-hmm. you are too heavy. <laughs> but it is normal. And it's important, I think, when these things come up to get a little curious and be like, okay, is there yeah. a particular incident that caused this to happen? Yeah. And let's think about this incident a little bit more. Or is it just like maybe just a cumulative bunch of things and just if you're somebody like me who constantly heaps pressure on themselves to be better, do better, yeah. be faster, take on more, always say yes to things, then like just that mountain of expectations and the pressure can also just kind of come out in weird ways, like yeah. looking at yourself and going, I'm not good enough. Yeah. I actually, I mean, you know, it's funny. I, cause it's true. We all know, I think everyone who listens to this and certainly everyone who knows you personally knows that you're, you're an overachiever in many ways. <laughs> and I, I kind of thought about that because earlier this week, um, I think it was after your snatch PR, you sort of mentioned like, okay, like, I think I got to get like one or two more PRs before my birthday. Like, what's it going to be? Right. But like, even that attitude, you were like, I have to get a PR before my birthday. Like, it's not good enough that you hit a snatch weight that you've been dreaming about for a really long time (laughs) last week. Like, right. And like, celebrate that. But I think, I don't know. I feel like it's, um, that's something also to be curious about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, do you really, did you need another PR? It's great if you did get one today. Uh, but also to like, you know, that kind of taking time to celebrate adequately, like things like a PR or something like that, I think really also help with the mental thing. Because what I, as I was being curious about my experience in the last like month or so, I did recall moments where people said to me, like, like kind of like compliments about what I was doing, like compliments, like, well, it was actually a combo of like things I was doing and the ways that I looked. And it was like, you, you look so strong these days or something like that. Like little Mm -hmm. compliments like that really make a difference, I think. Right. And for you, because you are such an achiever, right? Like, do you feel like you celebrated those PRs enough? Or did you hear that? Like, right. Like, cause I don't know. I mean, the moment it was like awesome. And then within like, I don't know, 30 minutes. You wanted to hear something else? And this is literally else? a number that <laughs> like, I have thought about yes, for I years. know. And not just the number. Like you've thought about the fact that like you wanted to hit it in a particular way as well. Like a full and squat like, snatch. You've put in so much work. I don't know if I can quite claim the full squat oh, snatch. Oh, okay. Well, close. either way, Wrote the number line. was hit. It was close. <laughs> but you've been working on like technique as well as the actual number. And like how quickly after you hit it did you think, oh, now I got to go PR something else? Like did you take time to celebrate that? No. Like within within 30 minutes I was already like, all right, what else? What else? What can we do? And it, which is mm, that's something to be curious about. Oh, for sure. Like this is something maybe this is we're going to we're going to put it out there. You're going to set an intention for my 43rd okay. year. Oh, all right. We have intention setting. Slow the fuck down and then like oh. enjoy a moment because it's literally like I look forward like say from from 
when I found out we were going to do quarterfinals, I was like, oh, quarterfinals, yeah. that's fun. And then immediately I was like, all right, now Whitney, and now this, and now this. And it's always like, okay, yeah. before we've even done the thing, I'm already like thinking or overthinking the next thing. Yeah. And I wonder how much of that, like I feel like the last year has gone by so fast because there's so little time to go for that I allow myself to just be in a moment and be like, holy heck. Yep. Like, I really wish I had just gone and taken myself from Margarita after my snatch PR well, and right? been like, I mean, damn, I'm I do proud feel of myself. Like, yeah, I mean, that's that's a, probably a whole other topic we could dive into. Like, how, how could and should you celebrate the victories that actually kind of help reinforce better better thoughts better ways of speaking to yourself and I definitely internally think like, that, like some of this whole like mini crisis over like how I look because like my default setting for like any kind of difficult period in life or overstressed period in life or anything like that is to go to like must be thin you know right. must restrict food from yeah like yeah. That's, that's my how kind you of show like control means of control yeah. is like okay i can restrict food and then you know i can mm. you know do as much as like, yeah, i can when i'm hungry and then i'm gonna try and work out even harder to make myself like sort of suffer it's like a really weird mindset but i wonder like how much of just going 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 because like at the back end of last year when I did all my like studying and board certification and then my parents were here at Christmas and then I was like a team captain for the open and then into quarterfinals and then Whitney was a big thing and Dave's mom was here for a while and like just like this kind of constant go button. Yeah. And I spend so much of my time talking to my clients who this is less important if you're in your 20s early 30s certainly once you get into your 40s and like everything's starting to kind of change up a little bit that cortisol levels and stress play a huge role in body composition absolutely so you know that it could very well be that my experience of just feeling a little bit like self-conscious and uncomfortable wearing the shorts and the bikini and all the rest of it comes from having spent like so long at elevated cortisol levels but that's just my normal yeah and I think there's a part of me that's actually like there's a fear of like winding down and letting go yeah and I don't I don't know how to do it and I haven't known how to do it because I think from Wow, it's like a therapy session. You still I know. With us, you guys? This totally turned into like, we're getting real now, people. <laughs> the time when I was like a teenager and was in a place, like a bad place where I actually started, you mm. know, I got my eating disorder. Like my life has been just running from one thing to the next and next and then the next and then the next. Because if you stop, then something might bite you in the ass. Yep. And I definitely now recognize and acknowledge that that can't happen for another decade because if it does then by the time in my early 50s I will be overweight and I will be like just burned out and frazzled and and I've started to notice like just recently that I'm getting that a little bit more and like yeah I'm not taking 
anything to do with CrossFit gear to England with me. That's good because we don't want to actually have to amputate your arm. You should probably rest that for the next couple weeks. So that's going to be like two weeks because I'm, yeah. I'm not going to be able to work out on Monday. So it'll be mm-hmm. two weeks with no like CrossFit training, no lifting. Maybe I'll go for like a little jog or something. Maybe not. And rest, we really... rest is amazing. And it's... rest is where, like, you know, we make gains when we rest. That's yeah. why sleep is so important. Yeah. So that your body can be flooded with human growth hormone and you can repair yourself. And then you can show mm-hmm. up and, and do better. Yeah. I am not good at rest. Yeah. Especially with, the, like, recently we've been doing Barbell Club too. So it's like, yeah, do an hour of CrossFit, then roll into heavy lifting for another hour. And then get up the next day at 6 a.m. and do it all over again. So... That is true. No one's no one's ever accused you of taking too many rest days. <laughs> That's literally never crossed any of our minds. Um, but it is. I mean, it's fascinating, right? Like I was actually this um, uh, this other woman we coach with, the one who's uh, has has crossed the threshold of fifty and is still fit and coaching and amazing. Um, she was one of the ones who like kind of complimented me this past week. There was a, a workout with some heavy sled pulls and it was really fun. And she was like, you're just, you're looking so strong, like so strong in these movements. I was like, Oh, thank you. And we were just talking about like aging and you know, she was commenting on a couple of the things that like she's been getting better at lately and saying like, and also I'm 51, you know? And I was like, yeah, that's actually like, that's a huge thing to celebrate. Cause like, I've got seven more years of this before I get to her age. Like I want to be able to still be doing this. And but I think that also goes to prove that there's sort of a panic once you get into like, you, you first become a master's athlete in CrossFit at 35 and it's like, oh, oh yeah. shit. Yeah. And then you get into 40s and then like you're in the next level of master's and now like you're yeah. in the next level and I'm oh, in yeah. my final year of this level. And this is kind of panic of like, if I don't get it all done, like soon, it's all it's all gone. It's right? all gone. And then you hear somebody who is 51 yep. who's like, yeah, I'm actually getting better at this. And it's like, okay, I can oh, it calm happens. the fuck down yeah. because if I actually take care of myself, yes, which exactly. looks different now than it did 20 years ago, I can still get better so we don't have to be on yeah. this like mad rush. Yeah. And I mean, as we were talking, it sort of came out like our different experiences with the pandemic. So like I, a lot of us had a rough pandemic, right? Like almost everyone I know I talked to like gained weight in that first year, especially really active people who lost access to gyms, all this kind of stuff. So, um, you know, her and I both had a very similar experience of probably gaining a decent amount of not good weight, not lean mass or anything that first year. Um, but I was telling her that, you know, my experience was like, whether I, I did certainly didn't like it at the time, but when I finally did get back into the gym, my body had rested for like upwards of eight months practically, right? Like of, of n- not any similar training to CrossFit, right? We were walking, we did the occasional like carport workout. Um, and I have no doubt, like hindsight is always clearer, right? But I look back to that year and I look at the progress I've made since 2021 and getting back into the gym. And I credit a lot of it to the fact that I was forced to rest, Mm-hmm. for eight months roughly right before like I had some semblance of sort of like a gym routine again it was minimum eight months um, and the kinds of things that I wouldn't have known were happening at the time because at the time I was like 
super stressed at work, working from home, learning how to adapt to that, drinking a bottle of wine a day, practically, right? I mean, there were in all, in many other factors, it was not a healthy time. Um, But then when I finally kind of righted that ship and reconnected to a lot of my routines and getting healthier, um, my body was grateful for the rest. So not saying that your trip to England is going to be quite comparable, but for you, relatively speaking, two weeks weeks, is a lifetime. (laughs) Two weeks is like the first year of the pandemic again. It's like, don't go to a CrossFit gym. Don't do pull-ups. Don't have a heavy barbell in your hand for two full weeks. For you, that's kind of it's the longest um, break, right? I will have given even, myself permission to have, right. and because even in the pandemic, you had a barbell out in the carport, oh, yeah. and you were. I did trying. a freaking we, hour we of barbies. All, yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's just silly. But <laughs> don't do that in England, please. Don't send me a video of you doing an hour of burpees in like your parents' yard or something <laughs> because you can't handle not having CrossFit in your life. For two I am weeks. very intrigued to see like how long I think. Because honestly, at the end of last week, my body was trashed. Yeah. Like, just done. Like, my arm hurt so bad, it woke me up multiple times in the night. Even, trust right. me, Advil was not touching it. Like, oh. I did not trust my body in workouts. The lake, even just a couple of days off, and I can feel the difference. I'm not out of the woods. Like, certainly today I was very, like, yikes. I hope I don't do anything bad. And it's not as stable. But yeah. even a couple of days of rest and I can feel, like, my body going, thank yeah. you. Right. Our bodies tell us. So, you know. ongoing joke. Hannah listening to her body is a is a thing. <laughs> uh, so, I, I'm definitely intrigued to see how long it takes me to start getting really antsy and like ah i need to go do something or if i can just embrace the whole two weeks and know that when i come back yes the first couple of days always feels torturous when with jet lag as well is going to make it feel worse yeah but i haven't won't have lost all of my gains and everything will be fine and may even be better I think will be better. I'm excited to see what you come back to after two weeks off. Because, you know, we got some comps to train for in the in the near future. Old Dirty Masters. The Old Dirty Masters coming up in September. This so. will, actually, this will be a PR for me to do, like, two competitions in one year. Oh, yeah. So another, another competition. And we have uh, weightlifting camp, bad bitch camp with we've, Sage yeah, Bergner. We've got a strongman clinic. Bad bitch camp with Sage, so Olympic lifting camp, basically. All dirty masters. All dirty masters comp. So I'm gonna sneak in another comp that you're running, so you can't compete in it. But yeah, that's there's a there's a lot to look forward to. But I really oh, and then yeah. Masters Wadapalooza qualifier team. Oh yeah, so I'm gonna try and keep that all in mind because like last week was miserable the amount of pain and discomfort and like trying to get that snatch PR I snatched 120 pounds eight times and failed each time because my shoulder wouldn't yeah like get in the right place and then because it's me added the weight and on the second attempt finally got the shoulder to do what I wanted it to do but it like it hurts so bad yeah and I was just like I have so many exciting things coming up that I want my body to be good for that I think that's 
That's going to be my motivation yeah. in England to just rest, to eat well, but also not be obsessed over right. it. I mean, you're going to feel bad oh, about it. You're going to have fish and chips. You're going to have really good I actually curries. Don't like fish I know and you chips. don't like fish and chips, but like curry. Curry. Oh, yeah. Go to amazing go curry. curry. Like, I can't imagine, um, like, how annoyed I would be to go all the way home, go out for a good curry, and then just pick around the edges of it and, like, not eat my garlic naan and all that kind of stuff. Ecuador, I was all stressed in Ecuador. I was like, I know I'm not going to get enough protein. Like, this is, you know, I don't want to be totally off my routine. Um, But after a few days, I was also like, uh, I need fuel for this more than anything. So I'm going to eat all the rice and yucca and I mean I like so many starchy carbs it was incredible um and that was about 10 days of way less protein than I usually eat and a ton of carbs and not really thinking about it. I drank juice every day like I never drink juice right unless but it's, it's got so champagne in it. unless there's champagne in it <laughs> yeah that's different um but I mean right it's 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 good practice to take time off and then come back. And sure, if you want to like weigh yourself after a couple days back home or something, just to show like things actually don't change that quickly. Like it's it takes a long time to lose weight intentionally, which means it's also like it takes some time to like reverse that or, you know, um, and it is it was good practice to take that time off in Ecuador, take off time from thinking about the things we normally obsess about. Going to the gym, eating, not obsess about, but the things that occupy our headspace, low key obsess. Um, and you know, it's so always... I hope you do that in England. I hope you have, don't have to think about it. You enjoy the curries, you take the time off, and you're when your arm is rested, who knows? Maybe, maybe it'll want to do a muscle up. I hope so because right now it's so freaking painful to practice that. Exactly. It's like exactly. I don't it, want it doesn't to want you to practice right now. You shouldn't want to no, practice. No, don't do it. Rest it and then start practice. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that, you know, if I go home and quote unquote overindulge and you know, like you said earlier, even when I think I'm living that overindulgence life is really not It's that, really not. I mean like Eating a double portion of broccoli doesn't mean you've overindulged. <laughs> It'd probably be more like just, I I would imagine there would probably be some drinking most every day. Yeah. Um, which is probably going to be my, my worst crime that I will commit. Yeah. Um, which is fine. But totally even fine. That, yeah. It's just an extension of birthday month. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I was out of town for like. 11 or 12 days of birthday month so you should be able to extend it even though i'm not going to be with you in england and i can't say that's me making up for those 11 days but um yes i think drinking in england is a good thing i'll be just fine all those extra carbs for your right arm <laughs> healing alcohol carbs. healing well because you know over there you've got <laughs> Guinness from closer to where it's actually made. Everyone knows Guinness is better if you're actually in Ireland or the UK. Oh, it you is. Can get it. It really is locally distributed. Like Guinness at the Guinness factory right? is. It tastes so different so than different. any other Guinness you have. That is so. Delicious. I know it has to travel a little bit over to England, but all those B vitamins. I mean, literally, they used to have the ad campaigns, the original Guinness ones, like Guinness for strength. 
It My is mom used to drink like it's a tonic. I don't think she had Guinness, some kind of Guinness type thing. I can't remember the name of it now. It escapes me, but some kind of like stout. She'd have yeah. like a little one almost every day when she was pregnant. Right. And it was actually recommended by Absolutely. the doctor. Because I mean, to be fair, also people, yeah, Guinness doesn't have a super high alcohol content for beer and it's like, but it's got B vitamins. It's, I don't know. I'm sure it's healthy in lots of ways. <laughs> I didn't know, this is totally off topic, but I did know a girl once um, who I sailed with a couple of times who could drink 12 pints of Guinness in a night and wake up feeling totally fine. I was like, damn. I mean, for me, it's more, how did she sleep? Didn't she have to pee? Like literally all night long? I, I don't know. Because I think 12 a pints, volume. Guinness is only like three and a half percent. It's it's a pretty low alcohol content beer, if I remember correctly. Um, so 12 pints is probably not, you know, the equivalent of like three glasses of wine. And we, I mean, we admit that three glasses of wine would make both of us hungover at this age. But. Oh, for sure. I just think she I was just impressed because time. like none that of, is impressive. None of the boys could keep up with her. Wow. I think the closest one made it to like nine or ten. And she went like. 11 or 12 and i was like damn wow over how many hours does she just have a really stretchy stomach because that's a lot of liquid probably like six hours a pint is 16 ounces so she probably had like i'd say she probably had like a two to three pints an hour for a few hours yeah that is impressive yeah. All right. Well, you could, I mean, you could try to do that once when you're in England. <laughs> See if Guinness heals your right arm. I would get Give to like it a test. pint two and be like, I've already got a hangover. I got to go done. home. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we kind of just decided to freestyle this podcast without this a, a huge one. sense of direction. We got a little bit of therapy um, in there. A little therapy. And, you know, know that if you're having a speed wobble, you're not alone. Happens mm-hmm. to the best of us, but it's always good to get curious about where that's coming from yeah. and talk it out. And so it's just yeah. really interesting. Just talking through it, then I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Shit. Take some find time someone off. you trust and talk to it, talk to them about it. And if you uh, can't, you know, kind of work on just talking more kindly to yourself. You can talk through things with yourself as well. But. And you know, I find like when when I'm having these moments and I wear the damn shorts and I come home and I'm like, oh. You're fine. No big deal. Yeah. No big deal. Embrace, embrace the fear. Do hard things. Yeah. It's one of those things. Like do the hard things, and then on the other side, it's a revelation. Go down to the basement and tell that furnace to shut, shut up. up. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, uh, we will love you and leave you. Thank you for being patient. Um, our next episode may be a couple of days late because I will be flying back from England at the next release date. So unless we somehow coordinate over Zoom. Right. We may be a couple of days late, but apart from that, we will be back to our regular schedule. Um, hopefully with lots of interesting, fun, informative, and high quality content. High quality <laughs> content indeed. Thanks for listening. <laughs>